In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Never had to battle with no bulletproof. Yes. It all comes back. 
It's me, Lisa <laughs> Welcome to the second part of the reunion. <laughs> I'm so bad it's good with Ryan Reed. <laughs> Harry Styles. <laughs> oh my god. You guys, welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. It is Friday. I mean, if everything goes according to plan, this is Friday. When you're listening to this, this might sound a little different. Who knows? You know, technical difficulties. You know, you go a while without technical difficulties, and then you get them all at once. And let me explain how computers work to you guys. Have you guys heard of dongles? It's something that I never wanted to hear of before. I considered my private parts dongles. hey tip your waitresses. Um, no, but seriously, on the new Mac computer, they don't have USB ports because they thought they could like make more money, I guess, off of like plugging things in to get you to plug your USB. I don't know. Who knows? But what I'm saying is that <clears throat> I bought this computer a year ago. And there is a thing you need to plug into these little smaller ports to get a big... I'm already losing you. You're already like, yo, dude, I want you to talk about Erica Jane. No, but I need to talk about dongles. So you plug this thing in and then you can plug USB ports in like a microphone so I can sound smoothy and silky. All of the great S's. And so my dongle thing stopped working right now. Of course it did, because I was ready to go, and then it's late at night, as I like to do things. I'm not even supposed to be in L.A. right now, you know? Uh, I took a big swing this week. I I take big swings every week. So hopefully this sound will be okay. I'll try to clean it up as much as possible. I look forward to this as much as you do, and uh, I I, want to make sure it sounds okay. But you don't need a sound okay when you're Lisa Ringy. <laughs> Andy, Andy, last week I hugged ourselves and I made everybody uncomfortable. But today I leave it to other people and Harry's Bolognese. Oh, you guys, what a week. And yes, I do know that Teresa Giodici. She uh, got engaged today with that Louie guy that was on the beach with his bros talking about he was going to be a better man. You guys know what video I'm talking about. Um, So, of course, that happened. I know all these things that happened. We're going to cover those on Monday's episode. And like I said, I really enjoyed Winter House. I, um, you know, in terms of the reunion, we're kind of locked in at this point. And... I've watched that reunion four times now, and it just keeps getting better. Ever. No, it doesn't keep getting better. Like the first time I watched it, I was like, ah, it's just not as exciting as the season is. You know, we're getting this kind of distilled version where everybody gets to practice what their little subplots are. And what I want to tell you off the bat, what I'm going to hold true to is I've watched this now a couple times. And the first time I'm going to say, let's just get get it out of the way. Erica Jane did good, right? Did good. You understood it. You're like, that, for the most part, makes sense. You watch it a second time. You're like, 
Well, it's very practice. You watch it a third time, you're like, she's been coached within an inch of her life. This is what the best money, that the best law you can pay with the most money that you probably have. This is what that buys you. This lady came in prepped within an inch of her life. Somebody said she's more prepped than she was in her deposition. And I tend to agree. You know, but what I'm saying is that the more I watch it over and over again, the more all of this kind of rings weirdly hollow. And the thing is, I see people gloating online of like, you see, she didn't know anything that was going on before this. Okay, she still comes off as a horrible, horrible person. Have fun with that. Because no matter which way you go with this story, one way is wrong. And that's all inside of her. Like each way you go, there is something very disturbed and very wrong about Miss Erica Girardi, Erica Jane, Erica, what's her, what's her real name? Chinoni? <laughs> you know, who knows? But it doesn't, um, for me, she makes a good housewife, barely. Would she make a good friend? Would she make a good wife? Would she make it? No, God, no. My God, I pray to never be successful enough where I actually have to marry somebody like Erica Jane. Could you imagine? I mean, that's what we always talk about on the show, right? Are the relationships that we're used to. And yeah, let's get deep. You know, I always like to get deep at the beginning. And what I was, I was driving home or I was in an Uber <clears throat> coming up to record and I read a, a DM that it was from somebody in London saying, uh, I'm getting ready to do something. And I was listening to you before I went out. And I was like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. And it, I'm going to romanticize about something that doesn't have anything to do with Housewives related, but it has something to do with the weekend. You might listen to this in the morning. You might listen to this in the afternoon or the night or the weekend. You might have kids. You might be going out to kiss a boy or kiss a girl. And I think there is something, um, it just, it, it made me romanticize or think about those, uh, those moments when you're younger and when you're older even, it still happens, where you know you have nothing else to do except to get ready for your night out or to, to, to have your kids for the day and to see what pratfalls they get into. But for these next hour and a half, hour, hour and a half, who knows? Let's treat it like we're about to get ready for a party. Let's treat it where you can come in and out of the room. You can hear me blathering on. You can go out of the room. You come back. I'm still blathering on. But what excites me is that any of these people, I'm a part of your lives right now, right? I'm curious if you go out and you kiss that guy or if you kiss that girl. I'm curious if you have that drink that makes you feel a little buzz and a little cooler than you might uh, have ever felt. I'm curious um, what your kids are doing today. I'm really thankful to be a part of all of this. And I'm thankful that we get to all come together in the name of these pieces of shit that we have. I'm, I'm so worried about. I'm 50. He's 80. His life is over. I'm Erica Jane. I'm 50. I'm not going to let my life go. 
Give me an effing break. Guys, can you, is this what we're, is this the big love that I was talking about last week? Is this the big love? Because I don't think it is. That's not the big love I want. So even if Erica Jane, yeah, I just hit my face. Even if Erica Jane didn't steal money directly, man, that's nobody we would ever want to be with, right? Like you cool, yeah. Very cool housewife, no heart, black heart, awesome. But would we ever want to be with that person? No. Right? No. So even if she wins, she loses. We all get to a point in pop culture and in our own lives where you make certain decisions, you've made your bed. It's not unlike when Lisa Rinna said that Harry Styles likes Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And her, that in that moment, I decided to throw away Harry Styles completely. I was like, hey, watermelon sugar, that's disgusting. I'm never going to listen to you again. How dare you, sir? I would have been much rather if Harry, if Harry Styles said, I'm a Potomac fan. I'd be like, you are the John Lennon of this generation, sir. Said he's into Beverly Hills, DMs Rena. Fuck that. You are a deluded person. And how dare you do that to Jason Sudeikis? You know what I'm talking about. Uh, and also, just that while we're at it, how dare you, Beverly Hills Reunion Part 2, to not have our lady Sutton. I say, I say, Ron, did you see how I didn't get much screen time? Of course I did, Sutton. And also, I'm still thinking about how last week Sutton said she's single. She's on the dating scene. Is Can we get in that? Like, what is she on? Hinge? Farmers Only? What is she on? Also, I heard from Sandra, who books this show now, that she is potentially in a media blackout for the next month. I don't know if that just means Ryan Bailey blackout or media as a whole. But I will say, Sutton, we will be chatting at some point. And... You're going to be miserable. <laughs> no. um, I will say this week, I just want to really kind of say how proud of this week I am. And even me, and I know that sounds uh, dastardly. And so uh, I hate to uh, I hate to have that kind of hubris. But I will say I'm really proud of this week and this show. Uh, Monday we had Sophie Ross. We had uh, Brandy Howard and Julie Goldman from the People's Couch, which is just such a funny episode. So funny. Those ladies are so sharp, so funny. They made me laugh so much. You had Whitney Rose from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. This was a great week. And now we have this. But I, I got to tell you, next week, oh, yeah, Andrea Denver, under the Italian dude that everybody's hot for from Summer House from Winterhouse, sorry, was on this show, along with the Vanderpump Rules recap, which, by the way, you guys, for anybody listening to get a little inside dirt about La La and Rand, uh, all I will say, I don't know if they will make it, I don't know, if, but I will say from what I'm hearing from inside sources is that this is very real, is that he has done some bad things. This was not to sell out a Barnes & Noble's uh, signing at all, and that this is very real. You don't really have to trust me. It's one of those things that doesn't mean anything to me here nor there, but I'm telling you what I have heard from an inside source because that kind of stuff does matter because I'm still the goofy guy going, Is it true? Is it true? Did Randall do something to Lala? 
I don't know why my voice is like that of a troll. Well, I do know why that my voice is that of a troll. Um, I'm so proud of this uh, this week, and I'm proud of next week. I did so many interviews this week that I was uh, really nervous for. And I, I say this every week, and you guys might get tired of hearing it for it, but hearing about it, but it is one of those things that I... I try to my, I try to put myself in harm's way or things that make me really nervous, and I managed to do that a lot this week. And uh, oh fuck it, um, I said this on the Patreon. Which if uh, you want extra episodes or recaps and stuff, go to the Patreon. Hi baddies, um, I said uh, this is uh, today the two year anniversary of this podcast. Two year anniversary of this podcast, right? Holy shit. I remember when I started this as a 22-year-old man. Uh, I had six abs. Uh, I had a full head of hair. I still have the full head of hair. I have no ab. No, but I started this two years ago. And my life has changed so much. Uh, and, And anything regarding the podcast, it has changed for the better. Because of you guys. And I know you're like, I literally want you to fucking talk about the reunion. But I do need to talk about this really quick. Uh, I talked to one of my heroes today in terms of pop culture. Dave Holmes. And if you don't know Dave Holmes, uh, man, you gotta. But he was an MTV VJ. He was on. He was second place in the uh, Wanna Be a VJ contest. He lost out to Jesse Camp. Hi, young Jesse. What's going on? That's how we sounded, you guys. Uh, there was once a network called MTV, and they would play music videos. Uh, you kids might know it just as the home of ridiculousness, but they used to play music videos. And he was on there, and I remember that was my dude, man. He knew music facts. He was a geek like me. And I have followed that guy's career ever since. He's written books, and he has this excellent new podcast. He'll be on the podcast next week. And I got to talk to him today. And in his podcast called Waiting for Impact, his new podcast that I highly recommend. He talked about, uh, you know, big swings, big swings. And I was saying, man, this is my big swing. You guys are my big swing. And two years later, look how much we've we've built together. Look at this. And we've got so much further to go. But I I just want you to know, uh, you're a part of this. You're a part of the coolest experience of my life. You have helped me with this. I'm getting DMs from London, from Australia, other places. Is Bakersfield in the actual continental U.S.? Is that overseas? Where is it? I got a DM from Bakersfield, uh, San Francisco. I, I know that's overseas. But no, it's, it, uh, I, I can't, I, I need you to know that I'm grateful before I really dig into these ladies and call all of them horrible women. And I also want you to feel that you are a part of doing something good just by listening. Just by listening to me make horrible fun. Oh, the skeleton in the ring. I can win some to break up with Scott D. Hey, can I have you bulletin? Mic check, one, two, one, two. My name is Erica, how about you? We're on the second part of the reunion, Andy. Why don't you stick your coin up? My bank account did not have access. Tom hid out. My numbers, my paycheck, 
I don't know. I'm saying that I have a 401k in being a dummy. I don't know. I try to pretend I'm smart, but you know, I'm just a big dumb copy. Last week, we had the Ballad of Erica Jane. This week, we've got the I'm going to answer any questions you want. I have been coached within an inch of my life. Uh, you ask me my age, I'm going to tell you. You ask me my height, I'm going to tell you. You ask me my eye color, I'm going to tell you. You ask me if I knew about the money, I don't know. Okay, you guys, let's get into this right now. We did this shit, right? Um, okay. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Reunion Part 2. So, as always, with any of these shows, we look at the title. Now, the title of this is Reunion Part 2. Now, if I was a betting man, how I would take that is that this literally means it's the second part of a reunion. And we saw the first part last week. Now, if you saw the first part last week, we saw one of the worst scenes in Housewives history of Lisa Rinna Literally invading Garcelle. Hey, Garcelle, can I sit next to you on the couch? <laughs> I'm in a purple outfit, Garcelle. Can we try? Can we try? Look at me, Garcelle. Can we try to be friends? <laughs> Harry says he's worried about. Can I sit next to you? So that's what we saw last week. It was a very disturbing, disturbing scene. And then, of course, Kathy Hilton came out to make everything better. Like, hello, Andy. Hi, I brought some notes. Hi, Andy, I brought some notes. So in the voiceover, we Andy Cohen saying, tonight it's part two of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion. And then we get clips from tonight's episode. And I'm not going to bore you with that. Um, except that there is one thing that they prepare us for of the arrogant Jangoin. I gave my paycheck to my husband. Hey, Erica, baby, I too gave my paycheck to my family. I get it. I get it. And we left off last week with Andy asking the question, were you unfaithful to Tom? And I got to tell you, uh, like I said, I've watched these episodes multiple times. And you have to do that, guys. I'm a licensed professional. I can't just watch this one time and give you my thoughts. No way, no can do. I can't go for that. No, oh, no can do. No, you've got to watch it again and again and again until all reality has faded from your life. But I will tell you, the first time I watched it, I'll be honest, thought Erica Jane did a great job. I was like, okay, this makes sense. Very clear, very well spoken. Second time I watched it, I realized, oh, well, that sounds a lot like me when I rehearse for an audition. And I really believe the lines I'm saying. The third time I watched it, I said, she has been coast within an inch of her life. She has finally listened to her lawyer's advice and she is saying it almost verbatim. In fact, she had little moments where you could tell they said, if, if you ever feel confused, if you ever feel like you need to slow down, say, hold on, hold on. And she did. She go, hold on, hold on. It's me, and Jen. Hold on, Andy. Hold on. And she slowed it down. She slowed the game down. She did a really good job, you guys. Did I buy it? 
No, not at all. Everybody says, and, and you know, the on, online is so funny. We're all so dumb online, right? There's nothing admirable about us online. I've seen some of the worst takes I've ever seen in my life on Twitter. Hi, guys. If you're one of those worst takes, congratulations. Congratulations. I still don't know what you're arguing for. No matter how you want to fight for Erica, good or bad, she still remains a horrible person any way you look at this. I do not know where you champion this lady at all. Because there's just nothing to champion. If you say she's a survivor of what? There are orphans and widows. Those are the survivors. Erica has to take a pay cut from the person she used to have to blow and touch his saggy balls. That's what's happening here. So we're supposed to sympathize about somebody that has to take a pay cut, but will still live better than any of us, the majority of us watching. Once again, she is doing the Houdini act of distracting from the orphans and widows and placing the victimhood upon herself. And if you can actually make yourself forget about the orphans and the widows, her whole act is pretty damn good. It's convincing. Do I think, uh, you know, and, and I've always said this, so I have no problem saying this again. I've never said that I think Erica belongs in jail. I've never said that Tom is acting like he has uh, dementia or Alzheimer's. No, I think both things can be true. But I will say there's even a line in this, and, and Erica makes multiple fumbles that she says with confidence, which I want to say also to everybody listening, remember, remember the American way. We can be wrong 100% of the time. But if you say it with confidence and you're willing to lie, we can, we can get by. We can have the best life imaginable. Even if you know you're lying, say it with confidence. And that's what Erica Jane, I believe, does a good majority of the time. And another thing that I want to point out, too, is that multiple times she says, well, the age differential, you guys, the age. There was this power dynamic. The power balance was way off. I was 27. I was a cocktail server. He was 60. Hell, yeah, that's a power balance uh, mishap right there, right? That is very odd. But she makes makes it seem like she was this... Um, this innocent that Tom found. Let down your hair, let down your hair, Rapunzel. When in reality, this is a woman that had already worked at a gentleman's club called Shakers. Her personality was already set in stone. This woman know, knew how to uh, talk to men and knew her way around men. Disgusting men, men that wanted her for her body her sexuality. So the thing is that now she wants to paint herself as some wilting flower, as some, ooh, I was just a little girl. The power dynamic, ooh, we had a man with money. Girl, you went after the men with money. And not to say that Tom did not talk you left, right, up, down, and sideways every way for you to possibly be with him. Oh, hell yeah. But you also knew the ups and downs of men. This wasn't your first go around. 
And that kind of is a weird thing too because I feel like she sometimes leans into this. I was just a young thing. He took my virginity. He took my B card. You know, and that's just not the case. But I will say, (laughs) what a great... You know, the more I watched this episode, the more I liked it. Because I watched it first and I was like, ah, man, it's just, it just, we're not, it just, the actual scene, the actual episodes where we get uh, different scenes, movement, characters, all that stuff, it's always going to be better than the reunion. And I think we have this fallacy of like, ooh, see you at the reunion, it's going to be so amazing. To a degree, it is. And in fact, this is one of the better reunions we'll ever see. But there's also so much there's also so much pressure on it, right? There's so much pressure on will we figure out the mystery about Erica Jane and Tom? What will happen? We see Andy grill her, what will happen? And unfortunately, you have to spread this out over four episodes. You know, it's so funny. I, I listen to Howard Stern. I don't get to listen to him as much as I used to, but on Monday he was talking about the reunion. He was talking about like, wow, you look like Andy Cohen was going to really light into Erica Jane. And then he just kind of did. And, you know, and JD, one of his cohorts came in and said, Howard, no, you got to, you got to have faith. You got to realize this is four episodes. You got to pace yourself. And that's what we got to do. We got to mentally pace ourselves. But I want you to all remember, she is fighting within an inch of her life. She is fighting for us to believe. She wants every mind that is possible to believe her. My story has never changed. Don't you see this man was in mental decline? You saw him. You saw him. Come on. He is frail. And if that is the case, which we actually see, he is frail. But it's still, and she doesn't actually answer this. And we'll get to that moment. But, yo, where'd you go, girl? Where'd you go? This is my worst fear of falling in love with a a beautiful lady that says she loves me. I'm assuming I'm rich at this time. And then when the fucking cards get low, when everyone is against me, she fucking bails. Bails. You mean the girl that I paid to have the little Erica Jane project with the shitty songs and the bad dancing? She left me? She left me. But at the same time, that's what makes a good housewife, right? Doesn't make a great person. We have to differentiate housewives from people. And my thing is, my bad thing is almost, is that I'm looking at these ladies as people. And that's why you notice all my favorite ones are people that I'm more like. I like the Heather Gaze. I like the the Whitney's, you know? I like the Kyles, and you're like, Kyle's a fucking backstabber, son of a bitch. But Kyle Presents is very normal, right? Kyle Richards is the Tom Hanks of Housewives, period. You can't argue with that. And Mauricio is Wilson from Cast. <laughs> if Wilson was a stoner. Um, we could talk about this. So And we are talking about this so much. So reunion part two. Tonight is the part two of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion. And uh, last week, like I said, we uh, we were watching the end of this with Erica. And Andy was like, 
well, why not leave Tom earlier if he was cheating on you? He goes, the cheating is a part of it. There's so much more than I said to Tom. If you're in love with someone else, divorce me. And Andy goes, and he said, nothing. So which is it, Erica? Which is it? We see at the beginning of the season this year that everything's rosy and happy in quarantine. You ate dinner with him every night. You started off the season in a Lamborghini with the reed with a little head wrap and sunglasses. Loving life. We see in Tahoe you complimenting Tom. The thing I love about our relationship is Tom lets me be me. When did it go sour? Honestly, when did it go sour? And if you knew about this the whole time, guess what? Then you're a fucking liar and you fucking hide things from everybody in your life. So how would we trust you as far as we could throw you? And none of us can throw you far, especially not Mikey Minden. So Rinna, we see making a face during this time. And by the way, that thankfully is a lot of what Rinna does this episode is just make faces of like, <laughs> she makes a lot of faces. In fact, this is the episode where we have a whole Rinna section. And guess what? Rinna has literally nothing going on to the point where you're like, oh, no wonder she gets in everybody's business. No wonder she's a fucking croak. You know what I'm saying? I just imagined my parents listening to this and I got really sad. Um, so... She goes, um, I told Tom, if you're in love with someone else, don't make me be the bad guy. And then he goes, how long do you think he was unfaithful? And she goes, years. She's very curt with her replies in this episode. And that's another reason, that's another reason I think that she's been coached. It's like she's a contestant on a game show. Of like, how long do you think he's been unfaithful? Yes, how long? Two. How would you make a count number? One, oh, one, five, two, one, one, eight. And Andy asks, were you faithful to him? You guys, that pause I could have driven trucks through. I'm driving a thing through your pause, Erica Jane. And uh, she goes, well, yeah, fine, finally. Well, yeah, uh, up until I, I filed for divorce, yeah, I, uh, I was very faithful. And remember, Erica wants us to think that she is a fuck machine. She's like, I fuck, uh, I fuck in my butt, I fuck in my V, I have a glass eye, you would fuck that hole. I've got so many holes, people are like, why don't you leave some of these to the gas companies, right? <laughs> We're going to drill in one of your holes, Erica Jane. But I still counter that Erica Jane is the least sexual person that most of us will ever meet in our life. I don't even think she can give her own self an orgasm. That's because she's just so uptight and so she's like, huh, huh, I'm so close, I'm so close. Well, I'm like, Erica, you're you're the only one in the room with your sex toy. I'm so close, please, please, you're making me go in my head, please. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's I'm a horror. No, I do. No, I am a horrible person. I'm so sorry. I'm so horrible. Um. So she says she's faithful to Tom, and um. I just, <laughs> the thing is, I'm just the Erica Jane at this point. Could you imagine somebody, like some straight dude watching the show 
for some reason, and Erica Jane, hey, what's up, tough guy? And he's like, uh, what? I'm sorry, excuse me? What's your... Um, Erica Jane, I'd like to, uh, touch your wee-wee. Uh, excuse me? Um, are you one of my mom's friends? What's going on? Are you... This is making me uncomfortable. Why are you at this club? Because I'm a sexual being. Have you ever heard of the missionary position? Um, yeah, you know, but um, for real, though, this is, uh, you're not, you feel like you're being a weird uh, teacher right now. It doesn't work. <laughs> We're both sexual beings. Seriously, I'm going to throw up. Will you please stop? <laughs> That's very sexy. <laughs> Is that what you kids are doing these days? Throwing up on each other? <laughs> my nipples are hard. Oh my God, please stop. You're really disgusting me right now. So, Andy goes, Well, this season Erica shocked everyone when she filed from divorce from Tom. They soon learned Erica's perfect marriage was more of a pretty mess. <laughs> and we get clips of... You know, it's uh, nice, you know, Erica's saying it's nice to reconnect in a way with Tom. Um, you know, Tom lets me be myself. And she goes, and we had dinner every night. <laughs> and then we see 72 hours later, we get that text message. We got it to be like third episode of the season of ladies. I truly consider you my close friends in the whole wide world. We are going through a divorce. I appreciate your support. XOXO, Erica Jane girl. So my life drastically changed. I did not see it ending this way. I was going to hold that man's hand until he died. As long as you can't be and put ringers on my fingers. <laughs> so we're getting clips on the whole season. And I will say they put this little box in the bottom left-hand corner of the screen. And there's just Reno's face in a box reacting. And it just makes... I feel bad for the box. The box is like, fuck, we have to show Reno's face. Like, you just feel how uncomfortable. It's like... It's like, Reno, we get what's happening. You You don't need to help us react. With your reaction. Kyle is also watching this clip pack package. And she's shaking her head. But Kyle's just not as annoying as Erica. Period. You know. Uh, the cheating gets introduced. Uh, we have the mascara scene. Remember when Erica Jane. Near the beginning of the season. When she didn't know how to use waterproof mascara. And the fact that me as a straight man. Has to even learn about the. I've learned about waterproof mascara about the uh, the pelvic floor. I've learned so many women things through this podcast, but I do know that you can have waterproof mascara, so screw you, Erica Jane. We're not buying it. And Erica Jane's telling Kyle, no, he's not an angel. My God, no. And she goes, as much as Tom encouraged me, he resented me every step I took forward. I hugged him. He wouldn't hug me back. <laughs> so she's saying, and she said this early in the season, is that, yo, the more powerful I got as Erica Jane, the more he resented me. Which I have a feeling Tom, as we've seen, can be an asshole. But I don't know if he resented her. 
because he could have put a stop to this at every part of the way, especially if what Erica is saying is true, that she handed every check over to Tom. He could have put a step, a stop to this at any point. This, the heat from this might have been too much, but he didn't. And remember, he didn't just start stealing three years ago. He started stealing four decades ago. They were married 22, 23 years ago. Tom had already been stealing for 17 years. <clears throat> if anything, Erica had seemed to ramp everything up. All of the money that he seemed to steal went directly to Erica. You know? So we see Erica watching these clips that we're all watching. And Andy goes, you had to watch it back again. How does it feel? Okay. It's okay. Very curt. And he says, you painted a very rosy picture of your time with Tom. Viewers didn't understand that. And this is one of my favorite things where Andy will read a Twitter username. And it'll be like, uh, Askbutt4000 says, Erica's a liar. She talked about her amazing marriage. And now this season, he all of a sudden cheated on her. And then Andy goes, BobSlatten.com said, I want EJ to explain why she told the ladies in Tahoe her marriage was perfect, but uh, ended up, she ended up backing, uh, you know, then the next week ended up divorcing him. And Andy says, talk to me about that. And Eric says, all marriages are complex. People are complex. And I swear to God, she puts her tongue out there and you see that it's split down the middle like a snake. She's like, Emran is like, feed me, feed me, Erica, feed me. I am your, I am your candy. So Erica is doing the classic men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Well, Andy, as you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. <laughs> But she is right. All marriages are complex. And she's also right. People are complex, right? We're all complex. We're all beautiful. We're all God's creatures. I, at this point, was like, did she get the questions ahead of time? Like, I thought this the third time I went through. I was like, it kind of seems like it reminds me of when I would rehearse with friends for speech and debate in high school. And you just knew. And you knew what they would ask. So you prepared for that question. And this feels like Erica got these questions ahead of time as you prepared for them. She did much better. So if you considered like, you know, game one, the first episode, not great. The second episode, she did great. But it felt very prepared. But I will say, this is what a lot of money will buy. It will buy Good lawyering, good prep, you guys, and give it to her. She did good prep on this. Um, Erica goes, there were good times. There were bad times. Two decades of a marriage. No one's marriage is perfect. And Andy goes, well, do you think you went uh, far to protect him on this show? And she goes, I did my best to highlight the good part. Well, why didn't you leave Tom sooner? Where was I going? 
And he goes, where weren't you going? You were on a hit TV show. You have a career. Andy, hold on. You have a career. Hold on. I wasn't in charge of my finances. I walk out with two credit cards. They get cut. Am I going to call you? Am I going to call you? Who am I going to call? Who am I going to call? Ghostbusters! There's something weird in the neighborhood. Who are you going to call? Erica Busters! When there's something strange on your black helmets. Who are you going to call? Erica J. Busters! So she's going with that, I am a sleeping with the enemy lady, this man held me captive, not without my daughter style, but who am I going to call? But we know that Sutton in a cut scene offered Erica Jane money to get past this time. She knew that this time you would need somebody to help you get started. So even if we're to believe Erica, which by the way, Remember, Erica has told us many times how brilliant she is. Do you know how easy it is to change the address on a check? Calls Bravo. Hey, uh, it's me, Anna Jane. <laughs> I've got a. I want to change my address when the check goes. I want to check. I want to change my direct deposit. Come on, sweetie, touch, Erica. It just doesn't hold a weight. It's, it, it, it sounds good. It sounds plausible. But when you think about who you are and who you presented yourself to be, it makes no sense at all. No, 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 no. I do believe that you put all of your paychecks in with Tom. But the moment you were worried about it, change that address. Or are we to believe that Tom was like, uh, Hey, Erica, I noticed I didn't get your direct deposit from Bravo this Friday. Are they still paying on the every two-week schedule, Erica? I want to tell you a story about John Wayne. <laughs> you know? So, I also want to make a point. I was thinking about Britney Spears through this, because how can you not think of Britney Spears at all times? every time nowadays is that Britney Spears was in conservatorship. Her finances, she could not spend, she couldn't buy a pair of Skechers if she wanted to. Erica Jane was much different. She turned in her paycheck to Tom and we still see actual bills totaling $14 million on an American Express she had. So it's more golden handcuffs than, um, I didn't have the money to move out. Like you were spending money throughout like a fucking broken water faucet that was spraying everywhere. You were spending everywhere. You were spending everywhere. But it's another thing that sounds good. But when you look at it like on a microscope, it doesn't really add up, right? He didn't have you on a budget. (laughs) He didn't have you on any restrictions. We've seen your bills. You were spending on everything. I mean, shit, you could have funneled that money through Mikey Minden then. If you really, really cared, you could have done that, you know? Just makes no sense to me. So she says, am I going to call you? Am I going to call you? 
And then he goes, well, I know what you make on this show. It ain't bad. And there's a shot of Brenna. And she's literally shitting herself. <laughs> Are we going to talk paychecks? I don't know what Eric makes. I wonder what Satan makes. They pay me $50 and troll food. <laughs> they give me money for Harry's bolognese. Um... So this is when Erica goes, I gave every paycheck to my husband. And Rinna has a shocked face, but Kyle says, oh, so crazy, like Kyle knew. So how does Rinna be so far up Erica Jane's asshole that she doesn't know that she gave her? Like, so this is just also proves how fucking fake Lisa Rinna is, that she's like, what, zoiks? You gave every paycheck? I've never heard this information, even though I'm your closest friend on the show. Yet we have Kyle going, oh my God, I've heard this many times, but I just got to say it's so crazy. Makes no sense. So um, Garcelle uh, goes, uh, have you done this since you've been making money? She goes, I handed every paycheck I ever made over. <laughs> And Vera Jane sold the candy shoes. Here's your candy shoe check, Tom. If uh, Eric and Jane did a reunion, I gotta check for that. Here's your reunion check, Tom. If I had a residual for being in law and order, five dollars and thirty-seven cents. Here's your five dollars and thirty-seven cents, Tom. But it is interesting, we know for a fact that the Eric and Jane character has never made any money because we have this thing called tax returns, which Eric and Jane filed and signed her name to. You can't play smart and stupid at the same time, right? And I'm so stupid that I almost forgot that saying. So, uh, I also got to say, if this really happened, how was then... The money funneled through her account, the $20 million, which I, I guess we're going to find out in the last two episodes. Also, once again, like I said earlier, why not just change the mail? Why not call Bravo and say, yo, I'm going to need you to change these checks over to Maggie Minden <laughs> with my good friend Lisa Renner. <laughs> Put it in care of Mullinese. It just, it doesn't, um, you know, if you try to even look at this fairly of like, well, was she scared? Was it a not without my daughter situation? Was this a man that she was captive? Was this a sleeping with the enemy? And that just doesn't hold tons of weight for me. If you really, really think about it. And, and at no point do I want to disregard any women that are in these abusive relationships. Of course, we saw it in uh, this week, the Gabby Petito, we, the Brian Laundrie's uh, bones were found. He committed suicide. Fuck you, you coward. Now, this is a true um, you can't win. If he stayed alive, we'd be able to beat him down and say, how dare you kill this beautiful girl? If he kills himself, he's a fucking coward. Either way, he's a piece of shit. But Eric and Jane, you know, unless Tom is the master manipulator that every, you know, unless she was just the most brainwashed lady that still pretended she was strong on every season of the show, unless that was the case, it doesn't make that much sense to me. And if that is the case, then Erica Jane has done the best acting of anybody that I've ever seen. 
Meryl Streep will be clamoring to play the role of Erica Jane because we bought it. We bought that she could be bought. We bought that she found strength in these possessions. The possession was not Tom. The possession were the possessions she wore. She drove. She performed. Those things all cost money. And those bills all got paid. You know, there were no victims when it came to Erica Jane's lifestyles. The only victims were Tom's victims, you know? So Andy says, well, would you stay with Tom? You know, did you stay with Tom because of money and security? And she goes, no, I stayed with Tom because I had no access. Well, did you feel you were held captive? I'll say this. I was 27 when I went in. I love that she uses went in as in into the marriage. This is exactly how people describe prison. I went in. <laughs> when I went in to Folsom, when I went into my marriage with Tom, he was 60. And then he goes, yeah, you were a cocktail waitress. The power balance is way out of whack. And uh, I will say, though, is there any play? I thought about this the third time I watched it, which really showed you I could have been doing something else. You know, before COVID, she got Chicago, right? And that was the highlight of her career. We didn't know COVID was going to happen at the time, right? Is there any play in the theory that they had an arrangement to give her her shining moment as all of this stuff came to light with Tom, as, as he knew the walls were closing in. Is there any play in the theory that she was getting ready to cut loose, to free herself from Tom? But then COVID happened. And she wasn't able to get the opportunities that she would have gotten from Chicago. She would have been performing in Chicago for a longer amount of time. So is there a sense that this was the plan, is to get her on her way before everything fell in on Tom? And then COVID happened, and they couldn't do that plan anymore. And she had to watch Tom deteriorate in front of her eyes. It was just something I thought about. So Eric goes, I trusted this man. All of my finances were kept at the firm. And uh, Andy goes, well, then it sounds like you did stay with him for the money. And she goes, hold on, which is another hold on, hold on, which you could tell she was coached to say, anytime you can't keep up, say, hold on. You're characterizing it for the money. I'm telling you, I didn't leave because I didn't have access to the money. And Sutton looks confused. I'll say, I'll say, I don't know what these words are being banded about. Access to the money? I'll say, I'll say. And this is a damn shame that we did not get Sutton in this episode at all. I'll say, I'll say. I'll puff up my chest in this beautiful blue outfit I'm wearing. I'll say, I'll say. And I don't get to say nothing. I'm a star, Andy Cohen. I'll say, I'll say. How dare you? Also, I'm finding out that uh, potentially we've been told that Sutton is on a media blackout for the next month. But I'm still saying, keep messaging her. Keep DMing her. Get her to tell what a nice guy I am. That this is a Make-A-Wish Foundation moment for me. This is my last wish as a human on Earth that will only live at most 50 more years on this Earth. 
She could be doing a kindness to all of us by coming on this podcast. She needs to know the power of this podcast. I will. So Whitney Rose, like I said earlier, was on the podcast yesterday. And I don't think she's going to repost it because she did that. She did it rogue. She did it without Bravo's permission. And I found that out right before the interview. And it was a great interview. Loved it. Loved her. She was flipping awesome. But you do know these things where they then they can't promote it because it is done without permission and they don't want to get in trouble. The thing is, we got to get big enough, you guys. You got to help me get big enough where I do not ever have to worry about that again, where I do not have to worry about if somebody will post or not post. And I, like I said, I'm willing to pay my dues. I'm willing to put the work in. I'm not yet a Danny Pellegrino or a Watchua Crappens or a Bitch Sesh, but crazier things have happened, right? It could happen. It would be great to never have to worry about, um, begging, not begging someone, but worried if they were proud of it or that they can post it or talk about it. You know, it's how we all do with our jobs. You know, we're never going to feel like we get the credit we deserve. We're never going to feel, but it would be nice uh, sometimes. So all I'm saying with Sutton, keep at it. I heard some people, she messaged and said, yeah, 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 but keep at it. We cannot give up on this one. I think it'll be a blast. I think she's one of the ones that I could really um, get al- get along with. I will say that. So uh, Kyle speaks up and she goes, hey, you know what? Many women don't leave their abusive boyfriends because of the money. And Rina goes, right, Kyle. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and Dorit shakes her head of like, beep, boop, pop, boop, 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 boop. I know. Um, and Arajin goes, listen, it doesn't matter how much money is in the deposit if you can't access it. And Andy goes, well, weren't you entitled to half of everything? You were there with him for over 10 years. Clearly, I'm entitled to half of the debt because everyone is suing me for it. And we see a shot of Rina being a bubblehead of like, <laughs> I'm just bobbing. <laughs> You're saying, I... <laughs> Um, (laughs) she goes you're saying I stayed in it was an old fashioned relationship I didn't have the access to anything what I'm saying to you is oh sorry this was Andy saying she goes he goes you're saying that you stayed in it it was an old fashioned relationship you didn't have access to anything but what I'm saying to you is if you had left wouldn't you legally be entitled to half of whatever was there and Eric Dingo's and I responded yes I'm on behalf of the liability and also behalf of the assets this is where I said this feels really thought out on Erica Jane's part and then Andy says the question we've all been wondering if you've been paying attention to well but didn't you know there was liability at the time if this is how you felt she goes, which time? Uh, no, and that is a big part of all these lawsuits that are being alleged. The big question is, did you know there was liability when you left him? Did you know the ship was sinking and you were going down with it and you had to get out at that time? And she goes, I felt like he was sinking, not necessarily the ship. There was no talking to this person, Andy, trying to get him to answer my questions, being shut out completely. Anger, personality change. You can see now he's in a home. He's in a memory care facility. We all see pics of him with black eyes. We see how he's deteriorated. 
since November. So what I have been saying is true. And we have seen pictures of him deteriorating. Like I said, two things can be true at once. Do I think Tom is acting sick? No, I definitely don't. Do I believe Tom was a very huge criminal? Yes, I do. Do I believe that Erica knew that things weren't above board? Yes, I do. Do I think that Erica signed checks and stole money from specific people and she knew all about it? No, I don't. Do I believe she's a vapid, horrible person like a lot of people in Los Angeles? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. This is very complex. But it's damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? No matter what, she's going to lose. Because either you did know about it, you spent the money, and you, or you didn't know about it, you spent the money. You love the money. This isn't about Tom. This isn't about, well, you see how the money deteriorated. That $100 bill. <laughs> I saw that $100 bill broke an ankle. That $100 bill had brain injury. Couldn't be put under anesthesia. Um... She goes, it's not unusual in Tom's business for him to be sued. But when Erica Girardi was starting to show up in those lawsuits, that is when my ears pricked up. You remember, I was at uh, the first reunion with Denise. And I think you brought up I was being sued. And we get a flashback to this story of a $15 million loan that Tom defaulted on. And uh, she was asked about it. She didn't say a word. And she goes, all I will say, it's resolved, and they apologized. And then we come back to, you know, day and day with Andy, and she goes, you have to understand, there's a wall of people around this man. I can only access a certain part of it. And Rinna shakes her head, like, <laughs> and uh, Andy goes, well, did you call the people at the firm and say, hey, am I in the hook for this? Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. 
Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And she- Folks, it is commercial time, and here's a commercial that I am very proud of. Today's episode and all week is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, which is online therapy, folks. Now, uh, we, of course, have talked about them many times. Now, this is one of the best services ever because you can do therapy from the comfort of your own home. And I know um, that might sound uh, like, well, okay, but it, it, that's huge, you guys, especially during a time where sometimes it's not been safe to go out to be able to feel free to actually work on yourself, um, which we talk about all the time, to work on your mental health. It is one of the number one things that we can do for ourselves. It's just like going to a doctor for your physical health. Your mental health is just as important for a strong and successful life. And I have always found that. And I have gone uh, to therapy uh, many times uh, in, my, in my years. And uh, it, it, this is something that I'm very proud of that is out there to be able to use. Um, but the best way to think about therapy is through a bunch of analogies. So uh, think about you get oil changes for your car to prevent bigger issues down the road. Uh, we see the doctor. I saw the doctor this past week. Um, and you go to the gym to take care of our bodies to prevent injury and disease. Uh, we do chores regular, regular. Well, I don't do chores because I don't have to. I'm not married anymore <laughs> to avoid a messy house. Uh, but going to therapy is like all of the above. It's routine maintenance for your mental and emotional wellness to prevent bigger issues down the road. So going to therapy, it doesn't mean something is wrong with you. That is a very important point. I think a a lot of people think that means they're weak or something. Just not the case. It means you're investing in yourself to keep your mind healthy. So BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Now, it's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. So why invest in everything else and not your mind. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and So Bad It's Good listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash so bad. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash so bad. And now... Just, no, I called the lawyers that I knew, and they said what? Hold on, Andy, hold on. I am not at liberty to say what and what time I sought legal counsel. He goes, okay. And she goes, okay. Well, let me go back to viewer questions, Erica. Ten months since you left him, why hasn't the divorce been finalized? Competency hearing. I know know that answer. Competency hearing. I'll say that real. Competency. (laughs) Competency hearing. And Andy goes, well, is the conservatorship the reason why? Yes, yes. Well, why did you lie to Garcelle in the beginning of the season about Tom's infidelity? Because of who it was. Now, in this section, did Erica Jane, because of who it was in terms of I didn't want to tell Garcelle, or who it was in terms of who he cheated with? Garcelle, at this point, on the couch, shakes her head in acknowledgement. Um, she goes, uh, Erica Jane goes, but just another nugget. There were others in terms of Tom's cheating. And Andy goes, well, how many mistresses do you think he had through the marriage? Well, I know of three. Did you confront him about each one? Two 
Well, what I found the day he left, I went through his phone. Tom has a flip phone. I saw a picture of tits. You know, the boobies with the nipples. The baby's feet. And I saw a picture of these tits. And I said, nice tits, stupid bitch. But I couldn't even figure how to put a space. <laughs> I really got. Something goes, I say, I say. Why is she saying the tit word? Garcelle goes, oh my. So, this is another piece that I want to talk to you guys about that's not clear in my mind. Now, if you've listened to this podcast since Beverly Hills has come out, there has been this thing that I've always wondered about, about Erica's story of the last time she saw Tom. She said she woke up in Pasadena and she drove Tom to work that day during COVID in Wilshire District from Pasadena. And that was the last day she ever saw Tom because she went home, she packed up and she moved out to her new house. And now we find out on that same day, Tom left his flip phone out with a nice pair of tits on a Nokia flip phone. So are we to blame this on Tom and his, uh, his loop way of thinking? So Tom's a fucking idiot. Is that what we're saying? He's a fucking idiot. But women are still sending their tits to a flip phone. In fact, I feel like, are women even like, go, yo, yo, you have a flip phone? You know what? I'll save my tits for an iPhone. You know? It doesn't add up. It didn't add up even in the first time I heard this story when I was like, there's no fucking way Erica took him to work that day. All of a sudden, we're supposed to believe that she said earlier that they weren't even barely talking at that point. But she got into a car with him for 45 minutes driving and then drove back and moved everything? In a six-hour period? you got to imagine he had staff. you got to imagine they had cameras. How did Tom not know? Are you going to blame it on his feeble mind? And if that's the case, then Erica was using that against him, his feeble mind. It doesn't add up. Am I am I crazy? Am I the only one seeing this here? I don't care if you like Erica Jane, but don't act like she's a fucking saint. Come on. So uh I also thought, well, why don't we ask Tom's mistresses? If they saw his mental decline, if they were like, you know what? I've heard that John Wayne story about a dozen times and I'm really tired of it. And uh, she uh, says, like a run on sentence. <laughs> and then she goes, Andy, this is the truth. <laughs> I had to tell you about those tits on the Nokia flip phone. You wanted it? Here it is. I'm sorry. And then we come back from break and Andy goes, Wyatt from Springdale. Kyle, what rumors did you hear about Tom's affair? And why didn't you tell Erica about them earlier? And Erica goes, go ahead, babe. Go ahead, babe. It's fine. So we got approval, Erica. We got approval from Erica for Kyle to actually speak her mind. And uh, Andy goes, well, you told Erica you heard rumblings. And Kyle's like, well, (laughs) there were little things, you know, weren't always great. I mean, she made a little joke here and there and Mauricio called and she'd be like, well, (laughs) 
It would be nice if Tom called like Mauricio, your stoner husband, did. I would also hear stories on the side. But, you know, we hear so many rumors about so many people. And then Dorit finds a chance to chime in. We do. We hear rumors. We, I've heard rumors about me and PK. And then uh, Kyle's like, well, I, you know, I started piecing it together a little bit. And this is when I was like, this is when we need Michael Myers. Michael Myers should show up of like, well, <laughs> Erica, Kyle lets us know you had a visitor this morning. And Kyle's like stepping out of her shitty house that's better than any house I'll ever live in. And it's like Michael Myers of like, you fucking lied about those red panties. Do, 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 do. Um... So, um, Kyle goes, but of course I didn't, I didn't have anything clear until Erica shared this with me. And Erica goes, oh no, they go, uh, Andy goes, Erica, weren't you drunk when you posted Tom's ex, the judge, uh, Trisha Bigelow on Instagram? And she goes, she says it's really curt. She goes, I was angry. I was angry. And I'll tell you why. Because everyone was saying, Erica has this money. The divorce was a sham. <laughs> you know, this is just a thing for them to hide assets. Motherfucker, no, it's not. For a matter of fact, this is what's going on. I have anger. And Garcelle says, I get it. I clicked on this auction and I almost choked when I saw my Oh, no, no, this is, this is Andy. And also, this is me at this point. But I will say... We all were there the Friday. I mean, you guys are probably hanging out with their families and don't remember this like I do. But it was a Friday night when she did this. And she left that post up about Judge Trisha Bigelow for 45 minutes. And to me, this is a picture that was taken in 2011, nearly 10 years ago at that time. And so we're supposed to believe this is why you left. And I do want to say, I have a verified third source that I trust very well that said... Erica and his family knew about this with Judge Trisha Bigelow years and years and years and years and years ago. This was nothing new. This was something. This was not something Erica just discovered. She knew about this for years. In fact, they had worked through that from what I had heard. Now, remember, don't believe me. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, if you want to buy, she's fucking pristine. Go for it. Um. And Garcelle, of course, gets it because her husband cheated on her. Her husband actually did, and she actually worked through it the right way, I feel. Um, Andy, oh, Andy goes, well, so uh, Jim Bob from Des Moines says, I clicked on the auction and almost choked the panties for sale. Please explain why lacy panties are in the desk drawer. And she goes, I was shocked the first time I saw them. Who knows? Who he bought them for. And Kyle looks shocked. Kathy is looking straight ahead, acting like she has not heard any of the conversation in the last half hour, which I actually believe. But I will say, the info about the panties was out there. So Kathy, I don't really buy that. Like, I don't buy all of their reactions. I feel like they're hamming it up. So a lot of people have told me, well, I don't think Tom actually bought these. I think this is a setup. But I will say, as the owner of these red panties, I own these panties. I have worn these panties. 
I think I am the first human being to wear these panties, and it makes me feel like a man. And how dare you if you say anything different? I look beautiful. I have thick thighs. It highlights my shaft and my penis and my butt, and I think it's beautiful. And it's a very brilliant color of red that brings out the blue in my eyes. And if you can't see that, you guys are just horrible, horrible asshole people. No, but I will say I, I do have these panties. So when I heard this, I was like, holy shit, I'm a celebrity. I am a slime part two. And then I, I got, I said yesterday, I got scared that they had like a live camera on me where I was going to be like, uh, let's go, uh, Ryan Bailey in, uh, West Hollywood, California. Uh, oh, hey, hey guys. Yeah. I, uh, I have the panties. No, I am not. I am not wearing them. Okay. I am wearing them right now, but it, what the, that's not the point. Eric, let's get back to Erica. Um, but it also came with the receipt. The receipt has a date. The receipt has who it's uh, from, uh, address. This was years ago in, in January, uh, many years ago. So I don't buy that this was a setup. I buy. The only thing that's weird, and I'm not joking about this, is Abdul Jabbar is like scrawled on the top of the um, the agent provocateur box. And that's the part that makes no sense. And you're like, Ryan, are you joking? No, it, there's a, it's scrolled on there. Abdul Jabbar and we're like Kareem Abdul Jabbar it made no sense to either of us so um Erica goes clearly it was a Valentine's Day setup because the dates were in January and February is the 14th I don't know but it wasn't mine and Andy goes well if you you were kept away from the finances how are you able to start up your new life rent a house lease a car move without Tom knowing and she goes, well, I'm not able to answer that question, but well, within the legal bounds, I did nothing wrong, but I'm not going to answer that question. Sutton just stares ahead. I saw you, and then a, a, a viewer uh, asks, I saw you wearing a Cartier ring boarding a private jet. Are you completely insensitive or just clueless? And she goes, nada. I was invited on a trip. And that's where I went. I did not pay for that jet. And he goes, you didn't pay for that jet? No. Ladies, at the astrology party last year, Tom wasn't missing a beat. And we get more of that goddamn Tom went, well, John Wayne kept to me. I said I did my own stunts. Ha, ha, ha. And all the Garcelle goes, you're an amazing storyteller. And Derek goes, you're an amazing storyteller. <laughs> Thomas Gerardi. Boop, 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 boop. And we see that scene and where Eric Jane goes, Do you get it now? People are always like, Why are you with Tom? And I'm always like, Just meet the man. And I love that, like, Why are you with Tom? The actual brilliant legal mind that spent, like, that you get to spend all his money that isn't his. Like, I literally would be like, Wouldn't the question be, why are why is Tom with you? Like, I mean, it's just so weird to me how the world works. It's so weird to me how you let yourself be perceived. I fall into this trap all the time. I will let myself be perceived in a way that I don't want to be perceived just because it is um, sometimes easier that way. And maybe that's what Erica Jane is going through. Who knows? Um, and then Erica Jane goes, well, he was in subtle decline. 
He's on a loop, telling the same stories over and over again. He's a master storyteller, a performer. But he had not told you anyone's name in that goddamn party. I love that he was a master storyteller and performer, and none of that has rubbed off on Erica. She's like, I am not a master storyteller or performer. <laughs> it's expensive to be me. He goes, uh, couldn't remember a song, but he certainly could entertain. And then she goes, will you please tell me, Kyle, what your friend said? And Kyle goes, Jen. And she goes, thank you. And then Kyle goes, well, yeah. So my friend, Jen, watched the episode uh, and she's about her mom. And she says, well, her mom has severe dementia. And she says, I'm telling you, Kyle, I'm seeing similarities. A vacancy, a clear uh, thing in her head. One moment and the next moment, nothing. This is the moment where Erica feels free to lean on Kyle. Tell her, tell him, everybody. No, tell him what they, you said. I love this is the part where we can make anything fit anything, right? Like if you listen to this podcast and you hear how much I stumble over my own words or I make a dumb joke, you can be like, well, obviously my friend listened to it and said he's in mental decline, said he's a real fucking idiot. And you'd be like, well, I guess you couldn't argue that. He did seem really dumb for a good two hours of that podcast, but I don't know. And they're like, well, no, but for real, my dad had a podcast and then he died later. So obviously I know what I'm talking about. And you'd be like, well, you do know what you're talking about. I guess Ryan's an idiot, like we all thought. It's just weird. Now it's like we're going back and watching like... I watched that Tom fucking, you know, that John Wayne story episode a handful of times. I never got from it of like, that man has a vacancy about him. I literally got, that man is very busy and has come down to entertain you ladies for a second because Erica wanted him on TV and now he wants you guys the fuck out of the room. You know, and also, would I ever bother knowing Lisa Rinna's name if I didn't already know Lisa Rinna's name? Hell no. I'd be like, who is the who is the skeleton that's laughing like a hyena? Could we get her out? This is Pasadena. It's a family town. How dare you bring somebody like that? That's a ghoul. And I do not need ghouls in Pasadena. That's what I would say. And then Eric Jane, to Kyle's uh, ex- explanation, goes, thank you. And Dorit goes, I'd like to speak. Hearing what she says right now makes so much sense. Boop, 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 boop. You can tell he has told these stories over and over. And Erica Jane goes, yes, yes. And Brenna goes, yeah, that's what they remember, the older stories. The older they get, is the old stuff they remember. But I will say Crystal remains so, so quiet. And remember, Crystal actually has a first-hound account of this with her father. So she doesn't step in at all, or at least in this cut that we see. And Rinna goes, That's what Lois does, my mom. Old stories of when I was a nice little girl. And Erica Jane goes, Yeah, Lois does that too, Rinna says. And then he goes, Next question, why would you divorce him if he was sick? He supported you for 20 years, and he needs your support now, and you just left him. Bingo. That's not true. That's not true. It's not fair to say he got Alzheimer's in a split. That was a part of what was going on. 
Even in the accident that people seem to think, whatever, even in this accident, I was the one who found him. I was the one who took him to the hospital. I was the one that did not allow him to go under anesthesia after being unconscious forever. I took a pick of the brakes, and I sent them to my dearest friend, who was an orthopedic surgeon. Which, by the way, I need to see these pics. I need to see these texts and these pics to your dear friend, the orthopedic surgeon, Erica. And I said, is this immediate? Do we need to do this? Don't want a man in his 80s with a brain injury to go into anesthesia right now. And he said, no. I'll treat it next week. Go home. I did everything I humanly possibly could to do right by him. I'm sorry. I'm not angry. I'm angry. And there's a huge pause. I'm not angry. I'm angry. But I will say, you guys, does this make sense either? Unconscious, brain injury, broken ankle. Doctors saying don't put him under anesthesia, right? In his 80s. Even though we found out that that's not exactly the case. That you don't have to be scared of that. Sends a picture of his broken ankle when he's at the hospital to her dear friend, the orthopedic surgeon. And he said, no, get him out of there. We'll fix it next week. No police report, remember. What? Would you mind if we get a little more proof? I know it might make me an asshole, but I really would love to see some of those text messages. I really would love to see the picture of his broken, sickly ankle that you whipped out your iPhone and took a picture of. Come on, you probably have it, right? You wouldn't lie, right? Your orthopedic surgeon would give you permission. There would be a doctor bill, right? Maybe not a police report, but a doctor bill, right? We come back from commercial. And Kai was, you know what? I'm actually so happy, Erica Jane, hearing these details. I didn't know these details until now. I protected that man. Okay, I reached out to many doctors. And I was blown off more than once. I was one time told I don't want to get involved. Because I don't want Tom to sue me. Okay, people still fear this man. And he goes, Sarah from Warzatarshan says, How could you be hurt? You were told by Tom someone can have you if they can afford you. So you even have a song called It's Expensive to Be Me. Why are you even doing any of this? Huh, right. Well, I don't think we should dig in too over the top with a campy pop song. You know, let's not uh, overanalyze. It was a fun piece. <laughs> Look at all the ladies. And she goes, I'm not Bob Dylan over here. <laughs> I'm entertaining. It's not that deep. I love when artists uh, cut themselves off of the knees when the pressure gets tough. You know, she's an artist up until the point where something actually, like, points her way. And she's like, <laughs> I'm just doing a little sketch. You ever watch Saturday Night Live? It's kind of like Mad TV. <laughs> it's a little cute, funny song. I'm like Weird Al Yankovic with tits. I'm fine, I'm fine, now that you know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she just all of a sudden says... I'm a piece of shit. Remember, I'm a comedian at the end of the day. <laughs> I knew parody songs. I'm Bo Burnham. <laughs> my name's Erica Burnham. <laughs> I spent my whole quarantine trapped with Tom. <laughs> I did a Netflix special called With Tom. 
<laughs> there goes that funny feeling when you're changing Tom's diapers. Uh, uh, uh. Watching the old boom tube. Streaming the old Netflix. Um, so, I do want to tell Erica, if you're worried, we do know you're not Bob Dylan. Like, honestly. But I do want to tell you a story about the first time I saw Bob Dylan. The only time I saw Bob Dylan at the Hollywood Bowl, right? A legend. I've actually read a lot about Bob Dylan. I had a Bob Dylan phase in my 20s. I think we all go through a Bob Dylan phase, or at least, I don't know if future generations will, but I did. Where I was fascinated with him. His story, you know. I don't even know if I really loved his music so much, but loved his story. And I got the opportunity to see him at the Hollywood Bowl with my friends Nick and Josh. Horrible seats, but we were still seeing Bob Dylan at the Bowl. And the opener was the lead singer of Dire Straits. What's that dude's name? But uh, he was great. And they have these huge video screens at the Bowl. So even if you're in shitty seats, you still get a seat, right? And we had shitty seats. Opener act, great. You know, awesome. Played some Dire Straits songs. We dug it. Bob Dylan comes on. They never turned the screens on. Bob Dylan did not give them permission to turn the screens on. So guess what? I think I saw Bob Dylan. I have zero clue if that actually was Bob Dylan because you couldn't tell by the voice. It's like, it's expensive to be me. It's expensive to be me. It's expensive to be me. Guys, it like somebody told me at the end. Oh yeah, he played "Blowing in the Wind." I'm like, he did. I had zero, and I'm a professional concert goer. Like I, I don't mess around. I know my way around a concert. Have no fucking clue. He sang "Rainy Day" for like I was like, what? Like the guy fucking mumbled, and like I, I, I was boggled. I felt like I hate this word, but I felt like I was gaslit by Bob Dylan, where I was like. Are you fucking kidding me? That definitely wasn't Bob Dylan. Somebody's put me on. And that's what Erica Jane, like even in that, even that, we still know you're not Bob Dylan, Erica Jane. So uh, Andy goes, Rosario from Galveston says, Erica, you married a man who funded a very expensive performing career, a career you've always wanted, knowing what you know now, would you have still married Tom? And she breathes out. <sighs> Huge pause. I'm on a place. I don't quite know who was I married to. And Kyle shakes her head. She goes, there were good parts. And there were bad parts. There were some small parts. And there were some large parts. There was some kindness. But there was some meanness. There was some laughter. But there was some sadness. There were some tears. But there was some laughter. We ran the whole gamut. I'm trying so much, like everyone around me, to try to figure out what the fuck happened. And Rena goes, She says, Foosh. She goes, Foosh. But in my head, she goes, In the law firm, in my personal life, there are moments in my personal life I'm heartbroken, I'm overwhelmed. There are moments truly where I'm like, what was real? How about that? 
Us too, Erica. Well, do you think you do you think Tom loved you? And he says, I do, I do. I think he loved me, and then things happened to him. Well, what happened to America? He changed. Something in him changed. We all changed. Well, did you love him? I did, and I think you can see that now. Well, I guess what everyone is fixated on, Erica, is did he rip off all of those people? She goes, right. And she seems relieved, like, <laughs> I didn't hear my name in that. <laughs> right, yeah, he ripped off those people. Now, me, he, he, that's a great word, Eddie, he, 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 he. And then he goes, so let's dig into that for a moment. Tell me where you um, put that in terms of your feelings for him. Well, I really, truly hope that it's not him, because that is not the man I married. Which, once again, I'll remind you, this has gone on for 40 years. That was the man you married, Toots. That was the man that talked your ear off when you were a uh, hostess or a cocktail waitress. And by the way, you've met men like him before. That's what I'm saying. We have to look at Erica Jane's past at Shakers and all that stuff. I bet if we interview the people that were at Shakers with Erica, she wasn't the angel. She wasn't the... She had never seen a penis in her life. And we tried to protect her from all the evil men. They wanted her and we hid her away and didn't let her work at all. No, 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 no. Remember, men are fucking horrible. Sometimes women are bad too, but men are fucking horrible. And let's not get it twisted. Tom is a fucking criminal crook, criminal crook, criminal crook, horrible, horrible, horrible. Erica doesn't have a really good moralistic standard. So, Andy goes, do you think it might not be true, this whole thing? It doesn't look good. And she goes, it doesn't. But we need to get to the bottom of it. Only one side of the story has been told. And then he goes, well, when you read about the allegations that are being made about him, your name is in there all over the place. What do you want people to know? And she says this like it's by a rope. She goes, I feel terrible. This is not who I am, and I hope this is not who he is. You still believe that this could possibly not be who he is? No. I said, I hope. I hope he has not done what is alleged here. I'm sitting here trying to do a number one altogether. All this info that is coming my way. I'm trying to make something of it, heads and tails. And Kyle says, well, Sutton didn't even know she owned a baseball team until she got divorced. And I was like, I say, I say, I did not know. I was on the board of many ballet leagues, baseball teams, softball, baseball team. I own. People are like, Sutton, I say, I say, we need you to get into the playoffs. I say, and I puffed my chest up and I said, I didn't know I owned a softball team, but let's win. And we did. We went on to, to, to uh, win <laughs> the uh the uh, the minor league baseball team, I'll say, I'll say, World Series. I was so proud of those guys. I was like Ted Lasso, I'll say, I'll say, without the mustache and half the positivity. <laughs> and something goes, well, that's right, Erica Jane. That's what divorce does. It reveals... The head parts of our partners. Erica finishes the sentence. Well, that was what I was talking about. I'll say, I'll say, about forensic accountant, Miss Erica Jane, before you stop me. And Andy just shakes his head. 
And uh, Eric goes, what? In one of the many, I could show you many of my DMs, women being in similar situations. One woman found out she owns multiple homes, right? Uh, you know, I'm not the only one. I am not the only one by any stretch of the imagination, Andrew. <laughs> I can show you DMs from Ryan Bailey, where she's like, you look really pretty. <laughs> And he says, uh, well, it's become more difficult for people to understand when it's other people's money, Erica. And that is what the bankruptcy trustee is getting out to. They, you know, they have to scoot out where the money is going, where it's going to and from. At this point, honestly, I have to worry about myself. Whatever Tom Durante did, I didn't do that's on him. But I know a lot of his decision making is being pointed at me right now. Little Miss Anna Jane. His life is over. He's in his 80s. He's in a memory care facility. His career is over and done. I just turned 50. I can't allow this to destroy me and take me to a place I can't recover. I have to survive this. I will survive. I know how I know to let a damn. I won't have me to live. I got all this much to live. I got all this love to give. I will be some. I will survive like he made it. I will say, though, this is one of the most honest statements I've heard from Erica Jane in the entirety of the show. Is that she is 50 and that she did not fucking go into this relationship to fail. She did not go into this relationship to not be successful. To not be able to not survive this. I have a name, damn it, and it's Erica Jane. And I will be damned if I let Tom Girardi take this because he was a criminal and a crook and I spent all of his money. That was not his money. I believe what she said here. And she goes, so that's why I'm feisty. And then she starts crying. She goes, sorry, hold on. Give me that tissue. That's why. And I got to tell you, Kate Arthur, the um, I believe she writes for Variety or The Hollywood. She's a genius. I follow her on Twitter. Every article of hers is gold. But Kate Arthur said, um, Erica Jane overcome with her own self-pity at this moment. What a beautiful line, overcome with her own self-pity. Because this is one of the only times we see Erica Jane cry. And she's crying for herself. Think about that. She's not crying for the victims. She's not crying for her family. She's not crying for Tom's family. She's crying for herself. She's overcome with her own self-pity. And the possibility... That she will not be able to live the life that she's lived for these last 22 years. Because the life she's even leading now is not what she's accustomed to. And she feels poor. So we come back from commercial and Andy goes, Crystal, <laughs> your housekeeper Lucy has made an impression in. An impression in. 
In a press, I can't say it. Ultimate fashion police, Lucy is. How did she feel about this reunion look? And uh, Crystal goes, well, I don't know. Uh, I didn't show her. She would have said something horrible. And Andy says, ah. <laughs> such and such from Des Moines says, your wedding dresses, Dorit, are stunning. But who can afford $30,000 wedding dresses? And she goes, first of all, it's a luxury brand, just like Bucana Beppo. And she says, that just happened to be the jewel of the collection. Most of the dresses are just six thousand to eight thousand dollars. Beep boop 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 boop. boop. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, Dory, come on, toots. Old Navy would sell these for thirty dollars tops, and we'd be proud to wear them if they came from Old Navy. So, uh, and he goes, Well, Dory, you have a gift of the gab, and uh, you know, and there's shots of Kyle and Kathy laughing on the couches, and uh, Andy goes, and it keeps on giving and giving and giving. She goes. Yep, and I'm proud of it. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> um, so uh, Andy goes, well, I could go on and on, and frankly, um, so could she, so let's just roll the package. And uh, it's all those scenes of Dorit being talk- talkative, hijacking a moment, Kyle laughing at Dorit all the time. Uh, we see Kyle, Rinna's, and Erica's reactions in a little box in the bottom left hand of the screen. And that's what I say once again is that, man, these high-def TVs, these housewives got to sincerely watch it, right? Like, it's like, damn, girl, you going to get me? Like, you know, surgeons, like, I feel like some of these people, their surgeons are going to get yelled at. And it's like, surgeons are like, we told you it would not work with an 80-inch high-def screen. It would not look. It, it'll look like a filter. Then the filter fell off your face. We can only we can only guarantee a forty-seven inch. A forty-seven inch, your face work is going to look amazing. You go above a forty-seven inch TV, you're screwed. You know. And uh, Andy goes, "You take a lot of crap to read." She goes, "I do take a lot of the crap." Boop, 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 boop. And I've taken a lot of crap for years. Dorit P three O. I think I'm an easy target. Because, yes, I am long-winded. Little Jagaloo. Jagaloo says, Mommy, 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 you're very long-winded. And I say, Jagaloo, do you like me in these bendy PJs? And he goes, Mommy, I do not like when you're this long-winded. And I'll say, Jagaloo. And then he goes, well, why? why?" And she goes, well, I don't feel like I hijack conversations. Boop, 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 boop. And Kyle's laughing like an evil wench. And um, she goes, people would say that I give a lot of details. And I do. Boop, 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 boop. Because I'm a very detail-oriented person. And Andy goes, well, did anything that you saw or anything that you were, like, you know, talking about, anything you saw in regards to people's reactions... Did it upset you? And Sutton goes, ho, ho, ha, say, ha, say. And she kind of laughs. And um, Dorit goes, well, if it's not done, beep, boop, 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 in a malicious way, I think you would do it. And I like that. I'm a great fan of comedy. Boop, 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 boop. And uh, she goes, I like being able to have banter with my friends. And at this point, Andy, you can tell, is holding in a yawn, and he swallows it, and Dorit sees it. And I was like, fuck. And she goes, am I boring you? And he goes, I'm sorry, I swallowed a yawn, but you are definitely not boring me whatsoever. And then Kyle goes, you're never boring, honey. And I'm like, Kyle, fuck off, honestly. Girl, you know, get 
away while the getting is good. Like, stop. You, you've sailed through this season. Don't make yourself an asshole at the end of, like, you're never boring, honey. And then Andy goes, Kyle, uh, Dorit Garcelle, and even Carlton has accused you of talking over people. Do you ever think the problem is you and not Dorit? And Dorit goes, finally, the voice of reason. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Um, so uh, she goes, so this is hard. And, uh, you know, it's not as sexy as, as all of these other storylines. And um, <laughs> she, uh, and then Garcelle goes, um, hey, who's Carlton? And Kyle goes, Kyle goes, exactly, exactly. And if you guys don't know Carlton, we get a flashback at this moment. She was a housewife that also considered herself a witch who was also uh, married to this kind of Italian rich, like I think it was an agent or something. And they would have orgies at their houses all the time. But there was this scene where, you know, where she's like, you will not command me, Kyle. You will not command me. No, 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 no. And she really got under Kyle's skin. It was really, really amazing to see, you know. And uh, But I love also the thought that Garcelle has no clue who she is. I thought that was actually really, really cool. Um, and Kyle goes, well, you cannot compare the two of those ladies. And he asked Crystal about Dorit and Kyle, um, you know, in the plane when they were fighting early in the season, who was in the wrong? And Crystal goes, yeah. Um, and Kyle goes, no, yeah, Crystal, who was wrong? And Dorit swivels to her. And, you know, Crystal's like, wow, you came at me kind of aggressive right now, Dorit. And... Crystal goes, you know, they both fight like sisters. They make up like sisters. So I'm just going to call it even. And Garcelle goes, what do you think? Oh, uh, no. And he goes, Garcelle, what do you think? And she goes, I'll say Dorit because we were just saying how Dorit is long-winded. Um, and then Andy goes, Dorit, you put your foot in your mouth. When earlier in the season, you said not only that brown people work for you, but you're really good friends with a lot of uh, brown people and people of different ethnicities. And there's a clip of her doing this, you know, and she goes, Black, Hispanic, and Filipino. My kids, who they love the most, are dark skin. And Andy goes, well, didn't you realize how wrong you were to say that? And she goes, you know... <laughs> I was like, beep, boop, 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 boop. I was answering a direct question from Garcelle. Garcelle's a dark person, and I answered a direct question from her, the dark person. And that gives me freedom. It gives me the license to be a fucking idiot. Beep, boop, 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 boop. And sometimes I use words poorly. <laughs> that was one of those times. You know, in that instance, I wish... Beep, boop, 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 boop. I could take it back, the sentiment. And what I meant, and this is, we've got to pay attention to what I meant, which I was raised with a lot of diversity and raising my kids with the same diversity. You know, it's not just about those workers, but family, friends I've known along the way before I even had kids. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> the fuck man and she goes uh and he goes uh what garcelle asked went right over dorit's head um you know she asked not only about the staff but this is an example of dorit not listening and garcelle goes no it was uncomfortable to talk for me and for all of these ladies but that's sometimes a good thing um i was like um you know you said kathy says because oh you know in this moment kathy goes 
Well, Garcelle, you explain, and you taught me something I don't know. And there's a flashback to that night where Kathy goes, I grew up with Michael Jackson, and he said to me, Miss Kathy, I don't see color. <laughs> and, and Kathy goes, well, either do we. I don't know. I love my, Miss Kathy, Miss Kathy, <laughs> I don't see color. I got vitiligo. <laughs> Miss Kathy, can I live under your house with Paris? <laughs> Miss Kathy, it's me, Michael. I'm still... <laughs> Miss Kathy... I still... I have that theory where Michael Jackson and Kathy are fucking Arrested Development weirdos where they're both eight years old still. And that actually kind of is backed up with how Kathy ends this whole episode with her crying uh, with Kyle over the loss of her mom, which you're like, of course you would cry over the loss of your mom. But there's something in Kathy that feels like it's a child. Do you know what I'm saying? Where you almost would understand the Michael Jackson relationship a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Or at least to me, it makes a lot of sense. And um, Kathy goes, I know you can see me as a woman, but if you don't... Oh, no, sorry. Garcelle goes, I know you can see me as a woman, but if you don't see color, you don't see me. And Kathy goes, hearing all of that information was beautiful. And Garcelle says, yeah, it was educational and it was great. And I loved that aspect of the show. It's uncomfortable. It really was. But it's this great aspect of the show. And I tend to agree. You know, these are where this show can go to these Erica Jane moments and these moments of insanity. But they'll always have these moments to fall back on that are kind of beautiful and actually teaches us something about ourselves, you know? Like, that is something that cannot be denied, and I think that's why these shows are able to get so crazy, because at the end of the day, you still have these moments that we can all recognize that can actually help us in our day-to-day -day lives. And I'm not joking at all when I say that. And Andy goes, well, another viewer question. Um, Dorit, is your nose as vintage as the Dior's in your closet? And they have a side-by-side -side pic of old Dorit and the new Dorit. And guys, it really does look like Dorit has gotten some kind of nose work. And Dorit goes, I really, really want to make a point. Boop, 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 boop. And get this straight. I went to the nose doctor with Kyle. And there's a flashback to the doctor going, the tip is a bit wide and, uh, you know, it's just all fucked up. I never had one. Hand to God. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Of course, I'm an atheist, but hand to God. And I would say I had a nose job. I don't know why I have to constantly prove it. I don't like the insinuation, beep, boop, 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 that I'm constantly lying. And then Erica's like, <laughs> constantly lying, me too. I'm not. I genuinely haven't touched this old honker of a nose. And Andy says, uh, Garcelle, do you think the Dorit Goldfish, um, you know, talked the Kyle Goldfish to death at your house? Remember, she had a goldfish name after uh, Kyle and Dorit. New scene. Welcome back to the reunion. Lisa. Oh, Lisa. Uh, it was good to see you and Eileen on uh, Beyond Salem, the Days of Our Lives spinoff on Peacock TV. And Renee goes, hee 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 hee, it was the best. It's fun to work. I said, you beast. I said, you know, they were cutting out all these amazing lines. And me and Eileen were like, you gotta leave in, you beast. And they have a flashback of, you know, when you beast was told to Eileen and Renee was like, I'm going to steal a line that has more to do with you, Eileen, and I'm going to try to co-opt it and say, you beast. 
they cut all this stuff out, but it was it still worked out. It was great. And this is like, okay, here's the Rennes segment. And Andy goes, it was Amelia's relationship that had everyone saying, oh, Lord. But also Harry, Harry's garden. And Lisa, in a talking goes, I formed a stronger dependency on Harry during the last 10 months. Oh, Harry, are these green beans? Yeah, these are green beans from my secret garden. I can't imagine what Harry says to me, sees in me. I really can't. I really can't either, Lisa. I really fucking can't. But I do know how to give a damn good blowjob. I just threw up all... I can't stop throwing up. Lisa, blow job. No, please. No, I don't want to imagine that. No, please, God. Make me a bird so I can fly far, far away. Make me a bird so I can fly far, far away. Oh, Jenny, he's just so smart. That's my forest Gump. He... Lieutenant Dan, you got steel. You got robot legs. So sorry. Um, we no need to apologize. <laughs> Did you hear my Siri? No need to. Shut up. Um, we see Lisa outside of Harry's secret garden running around with a hose. Because I imagine every time Lisa's like, Harry, I give a damn good blowjob. I'm going to, I took out my fake teeth, all gummies. And he's like, I, um, well, let's do a fire drill. Could I give you this hose and you just run off some of that energy with this hose? <laughs> I can't hear you. <laughs> like when Sati made me a dress when I was pregnant. By the way, we talk about Tom repeating stories over and over again. How many fucking times have I heard this Versace dress story that she keeps prattling on about? We get uh, the Harry going, Welcome to Positano, where I make my bolognese. Um, and this is when you realize that Harry and Amelia are Rena's storylines. But not in the sense that Harry and Amelia have direct interaction with Rena. It's that we literally are giving Rena their storylines. Amelia's storyline with Scott is not anything to do with Lisa. Harry having a secret garden has nothing to do with Lisa. Yet these are the most fascinating actual stories about Lisa. Other than that, it kind of really makes sense why Lisa fucking hops on other people so much. Because she literally has no life of her own. So we see Rena telling Erica Jane in the car in a flashback, My daughter is dating Scott Gaelic. Why can't you be Henry Child? <laughs> and Erica Jane goes, I was the daughter dead of the old man <laughs> all my life. And Garcelle says, Harry is like, don't even play. And, uh, and he goes, well, who did call the who who called the quits first with his Amelia Scott relationship? And uh, Renee goes, I think you just got to read the press. And Amelia did. <laughs> she laughs very loud at that point. And Andy goes, well, we're, Andy's like, there's just blood coming out of his ears. He goes, were you glad she did? And she goes, yeah. And Andy goes, did you push her towards that or did she make it all on her own? She made the decision all on your own. <laughs> I just love the thought sometimes of like new people coming to this and all of a sudden we're like. 
And uh, and he goes, well, the news reports are that uh, – does any of this have to do with the DM exchange he went with Eunice in regards to Courtney that Scott got into? And she goes, well, I don't think that was helpful. <laughs> but it was not one reason. You know, but now we had time to heal. And then he goes, including yourself. And she, and she goes, yeah. Why would this include Lisa's healing? And I, this part, I just can't go with you on at all. And, uh, and he goes, well, you've begun posting pics of Harry Styles. And she goes, I'm so shady. <laughs> I love Harry. I post him many. It's Harry Hamlin and Harry Styles. Harry Hamlin, Harry Styles. <laughs> and then he goes, I hear he's a fan of the show. He is. And then Dorit goes, He's asked us, some of us, for a birthday video. Beep, boop, 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 boop. And we see this Tariq, like, cameo video. She goes, we hear you're binging Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And it's the best news we've got all month. And you're going to see Harry just passing out. Where he's like, I feel so tired right now. She's over-talking. But I also wanted PK to jump in there like, Hey, Harry, what's going on, man? You lock my, you lock my dang dory. <laughs> I'll let you poke around for 10 pounds, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Harry, but seriously, I represent boy George. What about this? What about this? Boy Harry, huh? huh? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, chameleon. Watermelon sugar, watermelon sugar. Oh, we can all agree it's about pussy, right? <laughs> oh, stop, PK. No, you stop. I'm trying to get a career. We're getting money on the table, right? I've got wedding dresses. No, you don't stop it. <laughs> she's a she's an old baddie broad, huh, Harry? Oh, uh, oh. Uh, they told me I could be in one direction. <laughs> if I lost a uh, uh, three stone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Renee goes, I like, I like Scott, yo, I am, no, I warn people, because, you know, we're so human, and it still hurts our feelings when you say something that isn't flattering, <laughs> and, and he goes, well, do you think that played into their relationship breaking up? I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that, yeah. well, how do you ladies feel about it, Annie says, because it was good, you know, it was just too much of an age gap, and Crystal says, uh, Randy goes, Crystal, you and Rob have a 20-year age gap. And she goes, uh, how, how do your parents feel about that? And Crystal goes, well, my parents have the same age gap. And he's like, oh, okay, well, so that's that's good for you. And uh, Randy goes, well, he, he was very nice. Scott was very nice when we met him. And Andy goes, well, how many times did you hang out? Three. I would say three. And he goes, you would say three times? And Andy asks Kyle, you're friends with Chris Jenner and the Kardashians. Did you ever get in trouble for sharing your opinions about them dating? And Kyle goes, yeah, you know, but I wouldn't have approved anyways if I was in Lisa's shoe. I'm a mother of daughters. You know, it's just too old of an age gap. And we also find that, that Lois, Serena's mom, celebrated her 93rd birthday. And she's like, me and Amelia went to celebrate in June. And we see them doing like a TikTok video of them all dancing. It was cute. And Garza goes, that's a blessing. And uh, then Andy goes, 
why do you think Drake follows you? And she goes, I honestly don't know. <laughs> and then we get a flashback of uh, Rena going, Champagne Pappy, Champagne Pappy. And they're like, Poppy, he's Pappy, Champagne Pappy. And Kyle goes, Oh, that's hilarious. What other celebrities follow you, Andy says. And she goes, You know, one that made me happy recently? Florence Pugh. You know, Florence Pugh. You know, you have people DM and I'm like, what? It's exciting. Florence Pugh, actually, Pugh is, uh, she was in Black Widow. She was the lead female in Midsommar, which is one of my favorite horror films. And uh, she also dates Zach Braff. But she's, and that's actually a 20-year gap, too. But I love Florence Pugh, and I and I dig Harry Styles, and it really, and I dig Drake. It bums me out that these people like Lisa Rinna, it makes me not trust the world. It makes me feel untethered. You know what I'm saying? I don't trust them now. It brings their stock down in my eyes. It's like Dua Lipa with Anwar Hadid. I'm like, Dua, you now, I do not want to listen to your music as much as I used to because I know you date Shuffleface, and it's just not fair to the rest of the world, you know? And, uh... And he goes, Kyle, you posted a thirst trap trying to get a Drake to follow you. Did it work? And she goes, <laughs> no, he uh, he still doesn't follow me. And uh, and he goes, well, one thing's for sure. People love Harry Hamlin. Here's one. Harry can plant his vegetable in my garden all night long. And here's another one. Harry cooks. He listens. He gardens. What do you bring to the relationship besides a damn good BJ? And Rene goes, this will make everyone laugh. When anybody says this will make everyone laugh, I guarantee you it will make nobody laugh. What they say, <laughs> Harry says, I'm the smartest person he's ever met. <laughs> and I gotta say, that actually did. No, that didn't make me laugh. And also it made me realize Harry Hamlin is dumb as fuck. Harry Hamlin is like Forrest Gump level. Like there's a... <sighs> I got a secret guy in Renta. Renta, you're so smart. And I was running. And she goes, uh, and I will always think it's so amazing. Because you wouldn't necessarily think that about me, that I'm smart. And I was like, no, no, you wouldn't think that. And Erica goes, that's sweet. And Kyle goes, he knows you better than anybody. And, uh, and then, uh, Andy asked Garcelle, well, uh, would you, um, you know, Harry was so sweet to make the sauce. Garcelle, would you rather be friends with Harry or Lisa? And Garcelle says, I've liked Harry for a very long time. So Harry. And this is the moment we get Andy gets a jar of bolognese. And Andy goes, wow, wow, okay. Uh, he's like, I don't know how I'm going to get this home. I hope that jar goes in the clubhouse because it's obviously, there's, there's weird shit in it. I think we can all agree. It's not healthy for anybody to be. It belongs in a museum. I think we can all agree to that, right? That's no skin off a new back. Um, and Kyle goes, well, if you take it, Andy, make sure you send a text the next day. <laughs> Garcelle goes, I was going to say. <laughs> and then he says, how am I going to get that home? And then we go to a commercial. We come back. We're back with more Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion. Kyle and Kathy's relationship was in the need of a revival. Uh, this sister act, can it come back from almost being canceled? And we get clips of like Doogie and the 
the priest like, what's a doogie? And she's like, it's a doogie. It's a doogie. It's a little child. It's a love name. It's a little Tootsie Roll. <laughs> Kyle, I don't want onions in the lasagna. And, and uh, Kyle's like, well, Kathy, we didn't talk for 10 years, so you can back the fuck off about what I put in my lasagna. We see the past reunion where Kyle's asked about Kathy, and Kyle goes, it's not great. It's not great. And Kathy and Kyle eating with the TV trays and, you know, saying, like, I love when Mom made cans of soup tomato soup we get american woman kyle's tv show based on kathy's mom gets brought up and kathy says i thought you were going to disrespect our mother with that show and kyle talking to lisa back in the day about the show american woman and um kyle going anytime there was a conversation to bring the family back together it just never went well kyle talking to dorit um that she said uh i used to speak to kathy 10 times a day and then we go back to the you know TV tracing, Kathy and Kyle. And then the producer's talking head of what is the one thing you regret about the decade you didn't talk as much? And she goes, being together. And then <laughs> she cries. And she goes, what a waste. You know, what a waste. This is a high def on Kyle and Kathy's faces. Very high def. And Kathy is trying to hold in her tears. And then she goes, snuggle me, Doogie. Oh. And Renee goes, ha! <laughs> Renee goes, oh. Because she's trying to make this moment her own. She's trying to co-opt this moment. And then he goes, but there's a happy ending here. And uh, Kathy goes, oh, it's very sad because the first time I ever saw it was in this episode. And Andy goes, well, I expect you didn't like the first season because of the limo scene, you know, when Kyle and uh, Kim are going at it. You know, you stole my goddamn house. Don't you, don't you. You're sick. You're an alcoholic. And, uh, you know, Andy said, Kim's sobriety is playing out on the show. And Kathy goes, I kept thinking about my mom. What, my, what would my mom do? And as the older sister, you know, how I would feel. And Reed says, it's a responsibility. And Kathy goes, well, I understand, Erica. You know, and I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. You know, a part of you is holding things back in, you know, and uh, I understand that. But, you know, if we can inspire people to pick up the phone and mend fences and just not waste time in relationships. And Andy goes, well, how many episodes of American Women did you watch? He goes, none. I watched the trailer. I did not watch much. Well, what if you watched it more? Would it have changed anything? And she goes, no, I don't even talk to my friends even. The fact that she's not here anymore is still very hard for me. And she starts crying. And this is where I say, this is my theory, is that it really is Arrested Development with Kathy Hilton. You see the pain. You see the pain like it's like little girl pain. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It's Arrested Development. And Kyle says... I do feel like it's hard for Kathy to talk about all of this stuff. And she goes, Kathy, it's okay. It's okay. And Kyle's hugging her. And then I got scared that Reno was going to get up and try to hug both of them like she did with Garcelle last week. And I was like, no, 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 Reno, let him have it. Let her run. Crystal's still doing nothing. Crystal did not do anything this episode. In fact, I would love, like, I feel like Crystal got spooked at some point because it's just weird how little she is doing. And Kathy says, you know, or Kyle, I think, says, you know, mom's watching us. She's so happy to see us. It's okay to cry about this, too. And then we get next week, the reunion continues. 
how did you land a job as an escort? And Chris was like, I was 18. I needed the money. Um, and then who would trust Kathy to cut your hair? And Derek going, hell no. What about dental? And Garcelle goes, no, never dental. <laughs> and then uh, something to Sutton, do you stand by the assertion about uh, the ugly leather pants? I'll say, I'll say, I'll do, I'll do, Andy. They were ugly. And then it's, what did Erica know? And, uh, you know, something about Andy going, well, when these women ask you questions, you lash out of them. You bit Crystal's head out. Um, I'm lashing out of everyone. Are you fucking kidding me? And then Andy goes, you know, he he was fell down in a ditch. Is there a police report? No, there's not one. And then Crystal going, where is your anger at Tom? Am I angry enough for you, that bitch? And then... Uh, she goes, well, what will you... And he's like, what will you do, Erica? Well, what have I done or what will I do? And uh, Andy goes, what will you do? You'll just have to wait and see. Watch out. I'm going to hit you. You guys. Wow. Two hour plus episode. I hope this was okay. Um, these are hard. These... Uh, this is a lot of work. This is not like a regular episode. You got so much dialogue going back and forth. We got so much stuff to like kind of... Uh, try to figure out we all have our own opinions on these things and that's totally great it's awesome but remember at the end of the day my opinion is the one that matters okay like we can all agree on that mine is the one that matters and we've uh we've come to the end until you can't argue with that so i'm gonna tell you ryan bailey is the opinion that matters i hope you guys have the best weekend ever i hope you uh, I hope you have drinks, good food, good friends, good family, good conversations. Like I said earlier, I hope you kiss a boy. I hope you kiss a girl. I hope this weekend is exciting. I hope your heart is stirred. I hope you watch something cool, hear something cool, say something cool. And I will talk to you guys bright and early on Monday morning. Thank you for being part of my journey. And I hope you have found uh, something to laugh at in these last two hours. And I will talk to you very soon. Bye. Betches.